Hello, this is Evelyn Martinez, and I would love to welcome you to Let Me Tell Your Story. Today, uh, we'll talk about a real life story of a man named Jacob and how he was given heavenly access. Jacob had to leave home to save his life. His brother, his twin and only brother, wanted to kill him. His parents were aware of the fact and agreed that Jacob should go to his uncle's house in Param, which is present-day southeastern Turkey. So for the first time, Jacob embarked on a journey alone, running for his life. At nightfall, Jacob stopped for the journey got himself a stone as a pillow and fell asleep. He had a dream. In the dream, a stair rested on the earth and reached all the way to heaven. Angels were going up and down between heaven and earth. And on top of the stairs was the Lord Jesus. He spoke to Jacob and said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham, and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are laying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and the east to the north and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I promised you. What a dream. Imagine. Um, Jacob was being promised to be blessed through children he didn't even have yet. He was a single guy. And the Lord introduces himself. That was quite remarkable of a dream. So let me, before we go full into it, let me just say that um, his mom and dad's name are Isaac and Rebecca. And so he has a twin brother, as I mentioned before. His name is um, Esau, and Esau was born first. But when Rebecca was pregnant with twins, God told her that Jacob will be the one through whom the blessing over the family and the blessing over the peoples of the earth will be extended through. Do you know that God has plans for your life to bless you since before you were born? Isn't that remarkable? If you're prosperous, if you have a good career, a situation in life that is very comfortable, it's because Jesus planned it all for you since before you were, you were born. 
If on the other hand, you are in need of blessings, you need to change your life around, you need a breakthrough. Jesus also has a plan for that. He has had that plan to improve your life and to bless you all along. Difficulties in life do not mean that blessings are not coming your way. Just remember that. Many times the blessings and the difficulties are intertwined in the same journey. Many times they're intertwined in the same day, the same hour. But anyways, uh, Jacob, through cleverness, got his brother to sell him his birthright for a bowl, believe it or not, of lentil stew. <laughs> you heard that right. Isa was hunting and he came home famished. Jacob was in the kitchen perfecting his lentil stew because he hated the outdoors and hunting and all of that. So when Isa asked him for a bowl of his lentil stew, Jacob replied, I'll give you a bowl of stew if you sell me your birthright. And Isa didn't think about it and you say yes and Jacob asked him to promise that he said yes you just give me this too and the birthright is yours so that's exactly how it happened now the birthright was something that was priceless because the blessings of God uh, flew and you know they flow right through the the one that has the birthright, the firstborn. Now, that was transferred to Jacob. I mean, they were twins, so the you know the difference between birth times was a matter of minutes, but those minutes really mattered. That family, his family, you know, their family, Jacob's and Esau's family, had a lot of promises from God, and. So we're going to see how that actually worked out. So next, Jacob tricked his dad in his dying bed into believing that he was Esau. And his dad blessed him. When the whole thing got exposed, you know, Esau came to his dad and brought uh, his favorite meal. He said, oh, wasn't you the one that was just here? I just ate it. No, no, no. You know. Anyway, when the whole thing was exposed, Esau was so angry, he promised to, to kill his twin brother, Jacob, after his father's death. That's how um, Jacob found himself running from, for his life and on the journey on the first night had that incredible and remarkable dream. Now, I find this so interesting that in the dream, Jesus does not address the mess Jacob left behind and how he mishandled things at home. He doesn't rebuke him. His promise is not conditional. He doesn't have um, Jacob go through, let's wait and see if you behave for the next few years, if, if you mature enough, if you prove your character. No, his, his promises are absolute. 
and it's incredible to me because in the dream the first thing that happens is that Jesus introduces himself and says I am the Lord can you imagine if Jesus visit you and introduce himself and you say to you I am the Lord whether in a dream or in person all the power and authority um, that are containing him and it was just laid out in that uh, introduction that's enough to cast the fear of the Lord and terror imagine that I am the Lord then Jesus said I am the God of your grandpa and your dad you know if you are out there and your elders uh, were Christians let me tell you Jesus wants to have a personal relationship with you in the same way that he had a relationship with your elders this is personal you can't just inherit a relationship so now we have a situation where this is uh, the Lord's way of um, saying listen um, now the relationship is not through your family and not through what you have heard um, but our relationship is now personal now if you don't come from a Christian family then he wants to start fresh with you he wants to start a relationship with you and bless your generations to come so imagine that's an incredible gift isn't it so the dream continues Jesus said next I'll give you and your descendants the land on which you're sleeping the Bible says that all good things come from God you know he just he was just stopping from for the night right and this is a land that he's not familiar with all of this is new to him and just imagine waking up from that and looking around and having no claim to anything in that area and all of a sudden the Lord says to you I'll give you and the children you don't have yet everything that you see around here that is totally remarkable um, so at this time as you know Jacob is still single um, he has no children but yet the Lord is including the children that are yet are yet to be born of him um, that will come of course in the future Jesus shows up and makes clear and tangible the things that he will give Jacob and Jesus talks about um, Jacob's children that are to come in the future and he says that his descendants will be like the dust of the earth I cannot even imagine what kind of understanding we have to wrap around our thoughts to to comprehend this probably means everywhere and too many to count I mean how can dust be quantified um, you know the world uh, is covered by dust everywhere so this is this is quite something um, how can you 
even reconcile your mind and your heart with something like this. And that's not only um, in that land. He'll say that Jacob was spread to the north, to the south, to the east, and the west. So he's going to be growing from this one guy running away to eventually, um, exponentially, um, filling out the earth. And besides all that prosperity, incomprehensible generational growth and blessings, he says that all the peoples of the earth, that means you and me included, will be blessed through him and his descendants. You imagine knowing that your life will count in such a way that everyone on earth will be blessed through your family. That is incredible. Um, you have people, we know people in our generation that have affected the world into technology or different things, different inventions. And yet, it doesn't mean that all the families of the earth uh, were blessed through that person or through that family, but Jacob and his family have um, that promise and that promise has been fulfilled. Um, so if I was thinking when I was um, preparing for this, for this podcast that um, yes, we all need to pray for the fulfillment of that promises in our lives. If we feel we, don't, we have not received those, the fulfillment of those promises, we have a promise that through Jacob, we will also be blessed. That promise is ours too, because the Lord said, uh, says, I'll never leave you, and I'll never forsake you. The same way that he promised Jacob, I'm with you wherever you go. You know, sometimes we need to be mindful um, of the places we take Jesus with us. I cringe when I think about the places I have gone and Jesus have come along, uh, tagging along with me. I remember, so um, my first experience, I was born in an evangelical church, going to church all the time, uh, all the time meaning five days a week, at least every week. My mom didn't believe in missing any services, so um, we were there five days a week. Uh, in any case, um, I loved Sunday school. I was a little kid going in church, and uh, when I was about eight years old, um, I was sent to my aunt's place, you know, for something. And uh, when I was coming down the stairs, at the end of the bottom of the stairs, he was this this man in a long white robe, um, leaning against the wall, waiting for me, and. I knew immediately that he was Jesus because he looked like the Sunday um, Bible stories books. Anyway, he talked to me and I figured, well, this is what he does all the time. And he asked me to be a missionary and I say, no, I'm only eight years old. My mom would not let me. And so we started conversing, conversing and conversing. I'll take you along to that story uh, eventually in detail, but he kept visiting me for many, many, many years, pretty much every day. And when I was, you know, teenager, um, I was allowed to go to discotheques with my friends. So um, I'm just starting, I, I never been out just with my friends, but 
this one night, uh, two girlfriends of mine and I were allowed to go out and I was the driver. And we got to the discotheque and it was empty. It was just a couple that we knew and they were dancing and they danced beautifully. So I was just watching them dance from the edge of the dance floor. And my other friend was at the bar getting two Coca-Colas because you know we we're not allowed to drink. So um, as I'm standing there, um, all of a sudden, Jesus uh, is standing next to me, and he says to me, what are you doing here? I, I said, what do you mean, what am I doing here? I paid the cover fee to be here, and I'm here with my friends. What are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. You're not supposed to be in a club. You're not supposed to be in a disco. You're only supposed to be at church. I mean, whoever heard of Jesus in a disco, that's not going to be good. And he just looked at me again, and he, he asked me again, what are you doing here? And I, see, I kept giving excuses and coming up with different things. And he, uh, he kept asking, what are you doing here? And I grew frustrated, and I said, you know, why don't you tell the Sunday school teachers that you show up at disco to harass people until they leave the discotheque, you know, I'm pretty sure the owner is not going to be happy to know that you are here without paying cover and basically telling me to leave. So he asked me again, what are you doing here? So I said, fine, fine, fine. I'm going to go. So by this time, my friend had just paid for the two Coca-Colas and whatever. And, and I said to her, I'm leaving. I was so upset. So she's running after me, left the Coca-Colas on the table, and I was running out, going to the parking lot, and she's running. Why? We just got here. You know, what happened? So I just started blurting out that Jesus was there, and he told me, what are you doing here? I'm not allowed to come back, and I now have to go, and, you know, I wasted all this money and all the time getting ready and all that kind of stuff, and I was really upset and crying. So my friend just came home with me. Um, so I am so thankful that Jesus promised that he will never leave you nor forsake you because he never left me or forsake me at that place. I have no idea what he saved me from. I have no idea what was going to happen to two or three young teenagers in experience in going out or doing anything without any supervision that night, but he didn't leave me in that place, and he never forsake me. And I am extremely, extremely grateful. He was really faithful watching over me, um, got me out of there, not only that day, but um, so many different times that I was either in danger uh, by no fault of my own, or I got myself in trouble um, <laughs> with complete fault of my own. Um, but he said to Jacob also, I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I promised you. What an extraordinary promise. Jesus is watching over you and me. And he will not cease. He will not leave. He will not stop until he has done all he promised. You see? He's working and getting it done. 
and he's not going anywhere until he is done. He is the author. He makes you a promise. He works on making sure it happens. And he's staying there uh, until it's all accomplished. And I'm wondering, if he's doing all of it, what is it that I have to do? Um, well, sometimes I think that the most important thing is probably to get myself out of the way, you know? We are very good at staying um, in our own way. And other times I think we just also need to have um, enough faith to believe him. And that's something that sometimes we lack. But I would love to tell you more about all of this in my next story. In Let me tell you a story. Um, what do we need to do to connect with Jesus' heart and to believe in his promises? And what happened next in Jacob's life? I would love it if you just hang on and come back and listen again to Let Me Tell Your Story. If we could meet again in this space. Um, if you could um, just connect with me, I would love to tell you more in Let Me Tell Your Story. This is Evelyn Martinez.